Welcome back, my friends, to the Sweet Spot, where IT leaders share their insight with other leaders and others that want to lead. My name is Carlos Vargas, and as in every week, I have my two co-hosts, Howard Holton and Paul Lewis. Hey, guys. Hey there. Hey again. Do, stay home. What's the news? Uh, I don't even know what my home looks like anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so in the last, was it'll now be it'll now be month. I have been home less than 36 hours. Wow. Just to change clothes? Um, no, because it's all the same. Like, come on, you and I both travel the same way, Paul. I have a, and, and I'm actually kind of curious. I think this is, I think this will be interesting for our audience. Um, uh, all of my travel stuff is separate, except like my laptop and my tablet. Like yeah. even the mouse I use, the charger I use, all of that stuff is separate. Yeah, yeah, like I have I, a go bag. Yeah, I have yep. a go bag that includes a duplicate of everything that happens to be in this environment right here. Right. Same same here, right? I don't it's have to get it packed at all. I grab my laptop, my tablet, and this notebook. Right. Everything else is completely duplicated. So the clothes that I wear, you will only ever see me in on the road. That's correct. <laughs> I have a and section of my closet that's my packing section. Yep, yep. And it, and it comes, like I get home, that suitcase and bag go in a specific place in the house. I yep. take the clothes out. I wash them immediately. Mm -hmm. I take them back out and I put them back in my suitcase. Right. And, and one of the pet peeves that I have is, especially because I'm home so so seldom, is my, my family is very lazy in laundry. So they'll leave clothes in the washer and forget about them. They'll leave clothes in the dryer and forget about them. I'm like, look, I, all I care about is one load of laundry. Right. This, and I this, have to do it back to back because I'm trying to preserve these clothes for as long. Like I can't lose a sock or or I right. won't have the right number. Like <laughs> it's, it's it's amazing. My, but my, even the dry cleaning, I get the dry cleaners to fold the shirts instead of putting on hangers. So right. I can put them right into the suitcase. It requires no extra step. Uh, yeah. See, be, because of COVID, the, the, well, and I'm now on the customer side. Yeah. I've changed to cat to more casual wear. So I don't dry clean anything. Oh, must be we, nice. I still have to pretend I care about our customers. It's absolutely fantastic. I, I'll that's, be an interesting, that's an interesting topic <laughs> because this past week I had both sets in my luggage. I had uh, folded clothing with the jacket and everything, and I had polo shirts and jeans and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And all my current customers are all in polo shirts, so I couldn't wear <laughs> Going out to dinner, I'm like, what will I wear? Like we were going to the Frisco in Denver, and I'm like, uh, everybody's in polo shirts and jeans. So I'm like, okay, so I had to go in polo shirt and jeans. So Carlos, you are never allowed in my city without pre-scheduling and ensuring that I am not traveling. <laughs> well, I mentioned it to you that I was going to be in Denver. I know, but that as it was a conference, I didn't have a choice. And to be totally honest, if it wasn't a conference, like if it was this week. I likely would have rescheduled this week or slid it around so that I could have seen you in person. I know. And I will, I probably will be back. It was a really good time. Uh, the, the best meal I've ever had with Howard, I've had several really good meals, was in Denver having sushi, where not only did the owner know who Howard was, he created specialty roles specifically based on the ingredients Howard required. It was awesome. I have no idea what I ate at least 90% of the time um, and every single one of it was brilliant. 
to be clear, like that was uh, that was a role the owner and I created together. Right. <laughs> right. And, and it used to just be a thing he kept written on a piece of paper next to the like next to his station. So when when I said, hey, can I have my role? He would make the Howard role. Um, but I invited so many people in and did what I did with you where they're like, hey, so that role that you made for Howard and then they would tell other people. Right. And before long, he's like, I made like eight of those things last week. And I'm like, yeah, that's because it's the best thing on the menu, but it's not on the menu. You should put it on the menu. Right. And then, and then it's pretty awesome to have something with your name on the menu and not be like John Elway, like fame, you know, like athletes and stuff. They always have stuff. Mark McGuire. I went to go to, I went to a place that had a Mark McGuire role and like, right. that's kind of cool. But when you're just Howard, that's freaking awesome. <laughs> it's also worth noting that was the day we met in person. That's true. That's true. Did that include, was that the day I came to the airport too? Or was that the day after? No, no, that was a different day. You came okay. to the airport after that. Right. And that was, you had a layover. <laughs> there was a layover. Yeah. Exactly. That was a little bit of an embarrassing day for me, honestly, because my, my, we were headed back from the airport to whatever I could find that was kind of the closest area. Right. Um, and my car needed oil. And I, you remember that? And I, I like, here, here it is, the guy that I want to be my new boss in my car, which I probably didn't clean. No, no, no it was I'm, a nice I'm car. But yeah, we had to stop to, uh, to do some car maintenance. But oh, yeah, we had to stop to put oil in the car because it's a BMW and there's no dipstick. It just tells you when it needs oil. <laughs> right. and let it do a digital read and and the turbos burn oil and there's nothing you can do about it so so that was that was that was hilarious so food traveling what the heck are we doing now well are we like back said, to conferences are we going back to the office what are we doing yeah so here i'm doing all of that i was at a conference last week I know both of you have been traveling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, I've just done domestic. Experience. Go yeah. ahead, you start. I've just done domestic, huh. right? Mine has all been within the continental United States. And I haven't done any, like, like I, didn't, I haven't gone to Hawaii. I haven't, I haven't done any of that yet. What about, what about you, Carlos? Um, all domestic. Denver, Atlanta, New York. Um, Wait, you were in Atlanta, too, and didn't call me? <laughs> <laughs> true. I was in Atlanta uh, about a month ago. Uh, I was at Channel Pro, uh, then Denver, going back to New York next week. Um, travel is picking up. And it's interesting that uh, people are wanting to be together. I don't know you, but uh, at least my customers are wanting to get together and they actually requested we don't want to do no more virtual conferences or at least we want to come together so we can collaborate together do you see the same thing or oh, oh yeah yeah i'm seeing a lot of people people almost looking for an excuse to be in the same room right um especially if they can whiteboard Yes. Right. If there's even the slightest opportunity of collaboration, can we be in the same room because whiteboarding will work? And they're now starting to get yeses where before you couldn't even ask the question, right? But but travel is also weird. Um, I, I think it was Spirit Airlines, the yellow airline had a walk-off. Yes, uh, my, my sister got 
stuck in Puerto Rico. She's still there. Oh, well. Um, American still hasn't staffed. They're having trouble with ground crew, right? Um, like most of the shops still aren't open. Um, if they are open, um, we're, we're, Atlanta, in Atlanta, the shops were all empty three weeks ago because they just simply, they put out everything they got. And what they got was a 10th of what they're used to, right? So all the hooks mm. are empty. Um, security lines are insane. And you can tell they're on, you know, TSA is on ramping new employees because they're putting them on the scanner and they're flagging every single bag. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I went through security and um, my wife traveled with me that time, but she doesn't, I have TSA and clear and right. she has neither of those things. So she has to go totally different area. Luckily, she, she got to use the handicap line because she, she had injured herself and was walking with a cane and you know couldn't do it. But it took, she was through her line at exactly the same time I was through mine, plus or minus one minute. Because the TSA had one lane open and flagged every single bag. All of them. I'm reasonably sure I could not get away with splitting up with my wife through security. I'm pretty sure that wouldn't go well. I don't know. Really? <laughs> so, yes. so I can't imagine saying, I'll meet you at the gate. <laughs> let me know when you get to the to the lounge and I'll let you in. What do you mean? No, it's I'll see you on the other end of the security. It's fine. I'm, you're really gonna abandon me? Yeah, you suck. <laughs> no, I I get the good line. You're the one. I've earned this privilege. You haven't. You have to suffer through the right. So now the good news is my wife um last week finally did her TSA pre-check. Nice. So she'll get it at some point whenever they finish it and and then she'll have pre-check and once she has pre-check i'll just add her to my clear oh so you're carrot and sticking you're proving your point by saying you haven't gone through the process of applying and yeah, here's just, a negative impact to do that. exactly just apply like i i don't care it's it's not like it's expensive so just apply and and then you too can have the same privileges <laughs> and I, I i gotta give it up to united it is a really nice perk to be 1k and get clear for free Mm -hmm. I can see that. that that's uh, of all of the perks. That's probably honestly, that's probably my favorite. Just not because I care about the $175 or whatever it is, yeah. but because I don't have to renew it, which means I don't have to think about it. Right. You don't have to renew it. No. Cause, cause United does it as long as you maintain one K. So then there's just no cost as long as you maintain one K. I flew United this weekend because something happened after we were for two hours in the runway in Denver and American had to move the flight back in and the flight got canceled. So I, they pulled me on a, on a United flight. Um, so I think that is the, the question is, are you gonna then get all your folks to fly back to be on a room or do you prefer them to stay remote? So or to a conference or something like that. For me, the answer is yes. But I have a simple team in comparison to you. So, so you guys might want to dig in differently. Most of my people are in the Atlanta area. Mm -hmm. Then second to that are the are two other offices that we have, right? So, so for me, it's relatively easy to say, um, we're doing this meeting in the office. I, I always couch it with, I would prefer to do this in the office. Right. If you do not feel comfortable, do not come in. And like today, we all, we were all in a relatively small conference room. 
we all wore masks, except when I was presenting, I was eight or 10 feet away, probably mm-hmm. eight feet away. I was far enough away that I didn't need to wear a mask. And I thought people being able to see my full expression when I'm presenting is important. And so I took my mask off the rest of the time in masks. Like I walked into here, opened my laptop and then took off my mask. Right. It didn't happen the other way. Um, I also brought a temperature monitor so I could zap everyone as they walked in the room. Um, and, the, and, the, and, and I'm not worried about the effects of COVID on me as much as I'm worried about the fact that I'm traveling and I don't want to spread it. Right. I would be crushed to come home, start feeling sick as I got off the plane and realized that I possibly have infected other people because I was careless. I do not want my carelessness to, to injure other people. That's my biggest fear. Yeah, we don't. We it's much more difficult for us because uh, we're we're entirely virtual. So you know, we've got thirty different countries, and I've got people in cities around the world. So there's no there's no real place like that we're already con- congregating. So we have to make a choice to congregate somewhere in some flying distance to everybody. So it's it's less often. However, most of the client conversations or partner conversations are being requested to be in person. Right? And it's a creativity versus collaboration kind of thing. They're okay sort of doing prep in video. And they're okay doing follow-up on video. But they really want to spend two, three, four hours in person to have a start-from-scratch conversation. right? Or an in-depth, detailed, let's mutually draw this path on the whiteboard type of conversation. Or just relationship-wise, right? We're going to go have a meal. We're going to sit down. We're going to talk about our lives. We're going to talk about business. We're going to talk about the family and bond because we haven't been able to bond in so many months. And it's becoming, it's almost like a joint activity. Not only are we going to have the meeting, but we're going to have a lunch or a dinner afterwards just so we can do all of those things. Yeah, and and it's, it's interesting that you mentioned that in our case, we are virtual, but we have a lot of people here in the U.S., So one of the things that I noticed is that we're getting together to do some things, but the partners are actually getting together in events. Like the request for in-person sessions, at least minimum once a week. And the calendar is like, they they send me a calendar. I'm like, we're going to need your help. for like the next six months, like I'm like, I will not be home. My wife will not like that. that. I'm like, we're going to have to split that. Um, But it's interesting that, as you mentioned, how some people are taking the decision to be in person and some are not. Do you think that that's going to continue moving back, even though uh, the supposed advantages that we got from working remote? I mean, uh, uh, I think I think every company is going to make a decision in the next 12 months. Um, I think very few of those decisions are going to be are going to to show to be permanent. I think a lot of those decisions are are going to be highly modified and highly altered from where they are today in let's say 24 months, mm-hmm. right? Um, because there's just too much unknown. And I think companies today really feel like they have to make a decision, that they don't have the ability to, to just continue as we were. I think they feel like they have to make a decision. And I don't know that they're sure what a good decision even looks like, to be totally honest. 
Yeah, I, I, I did a quick, um, you know, informal survey to a bunch of IT executives in the last couple of days, just to see what their like vaccination policies might be. And it was pretty diverse, like the spectrum was high, all the way from thou shalt have everybody vaccinated, mandatory, no matter if you're coming to the office or not. If you're employed here, you're vaccinated. To if you're coming to the office for meeting with clients, you have to be vaccinated. Or um, we're gonna do sort of health and safety measures, social distancing, masking, that's the only thing we're gonna require, uh, all the way to wait and see. Right? So it was pretty dramatic from complete total vaccination to we may or may not make any changes or ask you about it. Like, I, I don't think there's any sort of final decisions yet. And I don't think there's any real universal policy that's been thought of or put in place. Well, and I think part of the problem too is there's too much variance in good. Mm. And there's a big question on good enough, right? right? Personally, I think best is everyone must be vaccinated, period. Right? right? But I can also see the argument for that being a privacy overreach. Right. That's an example, right? Um, at the same time, does social distancing work when we occupy the same space frequently? Hmm. Right? I'm not sure that it does. And I'm not sure the CDC ever actually thought about that. Right. right. Do they do they do they truly think social distancing in your home is smart and effective? If not, then why in the office? Right. Right. Because yes, the social circles are bigger. Right. Like the number of intersecting social circles are bigger. But mm -hmm. ultimately, it's the same. Like my social circle is not the same as my wife's nor my daughter's. Right. And therefore, the number of people is n, and the number of social circles is n. It's actually n. It's likely n to the n. Right. Right. Because because my wife and I will share a social circle that's separate from my wife's social circle and my daughter's social circle, who will also share a social circle with you know, right. et cetera, et cetera. And so yeah, it's it's exponentially greater in the office, but the the risk e is is exactly equal. And if and if the problem is preventing infection from a single social circle, then shouldn't we also be social distanced at home? In which case that would never fucking work. <laughs> I, I actually feel Half safe. Half of America would gladly be socially distanced from their wife all the time, but. <laughs> as long as I get my mouth. Uh, I feel safer. I feel safer traveling because like just my cross-border experience required three COVID tests and double vaccination, right? So I had to be double vaccinated. I have to get a COVID test to cross into the U.S. I have to get a COVID test to travel back into Canada. And then another third COVID test once I land in Canada. So I've, right. I'm constantly getting tested, constantly showing that it's negative and double vaccinated. Like, like it's, it's almost a superpower. Like every week I'm getting another test or another two tests. Right. It's like, I really know whether I have been infected or not. So when you say double vaccinated, what do you mean? You have to have to both doses. Okay. Oh, you have to have both doses of the same vaccine. Yeah. Canadians refer to it as double vaccinated, but yeah. <laughs> double dose vaccinated because there is no single shot that's not a complete vaccine i thought j and j was a single shot no sure but but, but if, if a single like if, if to be completely covered requires two vaccines then, then that's just single vaccinated fair enough <laughs> well <laughs> pedantic police in the break 
he's double vaccinated. Yeah, I mean, they have double governmented, right? They have a house, they have a house of parliament and a crown. It's, that's, it's that's the same true. Thing, so. <laughs> so, so thinking about that, um, thinking of all the different changes that we have done or that we understand that then are people going to have to continue to do business to support? How do we think about that and our workload? Does it affect our workload now when we're traveling because of all these additional challenges? You get home or you get back to the office and all these different things you had level of stress or whatever. So I think it's I think that's a really good question, um, and it's a really good question because um, I hadn't thought about it till you said it. But halfway through you saying it, Wi-Fi doesn't work everywhere. The lounges aren't open everywhere, mm -hmm. right? I can't I can't generally find a working power outlet. Like there may be a power outlet, but but it may not work. And the ones that work are overburdened, right? I can't find a like normally if the lounge isn't open, I go find a seat at a restaurant and I can put my headphones on and I can work at a restaurant. I can't find a restaurant that's got an open seat. Right. And when you do, they want you to move quickly because there's 83 people waiting for the next chair, right? All of the, not all of the, I'll call it infrastructure is open. Not all the services are available. They're not all open. And the ones that are, are servicing what feels like the same number of customers that they had before COVID. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and, and it could be, it could be a density, not real number. Like it could be, well, we just don't open the fifth terminal. We crammed people into the first four or, or the first three. And so it's not really the same number of people, but it works out to be the same density because we don't, we're not able to service you know, the same total, we just, we're just reducing. And, and that's what it feels like. And then when I go to a hotel, Wi-Fi may or may not work. And I don't go, you know, we, Paul and I are the same. I, I think you're a Marriott loyalist, loyalist too, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like um, for Marriott to not have a working, working Wi-Fi is kind of weird, <laughs> right? right? The captive portal is broken or, you know, some other thing. I've been on the phone with their tech support. I don't mean like the Marriott, like people that work at the hotel. I mean, right. their so, help desk, yeah. right? Getting things to work in two of the last two hotels I've been in. I'm really hoping the hotel that I checked in at three o'clock in the morning this morning, you know, has decent Wi-Fi when I go to turn my Wi-Fi on when I get back to the hotel tonight. Um, because those services are just lacking. The number of planes that I've been on where the Wi-Fi flat out doesn't work, mm -hmm. right? And before, I don't, like that was, that had become the rarity, that had become the exception, not the rule. And now it's much more the rule, right? Um, and, then, and then we have other like changes that feel positive. Um, I was at Black Hat and DEF CON, those were the conferences I was at. So that'll, 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 set this podcast in a very specific place and time. Um, but those are generally in-person, highly trafficked, very dense places where Black Hat is both security conferences for those, for those in our audience who may not know. Black Hat is the commercial security conference. So all the commercial vendors show up to Black Hat, whether they're established or brand new, and they show whatever their products are, and they talk about what the threats that they're working on tool, tooling to solve. Right. That's Black Hat, right? So, so it's the commercial security conference. Um, I, I think it's far better than RSA, but that might be my own predilection to not like RSA. Um, <laughs> I had a bad experience. Um, 
but um, three quarters of the vendors canceled. Some mm -hmm. a day or two before. Wow. Yeah, like um, I, I don't want to say any names, but huge security vendors that would have you know Keystone Platinum level booths cancel the day before the show. Wow. Right, and then you had. So, so like the vendor floor was about a quarter the size that I expected it to be at Black Hat. Hmm. And a lot of weird empty spaces, it sounds like. Well, it's, yeah, I mean, they, they basically just reduced it down to this small thing. It still was as, it was a little less dense, but, but still pretty dense, you know? Right. Um, and then the number of people that showed up, it was the same density for that amount. So the number of people were also, the number of attendees were also reduced. Right. Um, and then there were probably more than that. The nice thing about it was, um, I just set meetings, right? Right. Rather than go from vendor booth to vendor booth, I announced on LinkedIn that I was going. And then when people reached out, I looked at what they did and went, yeah, I'll set up a meeting. And then as long as your executive is there, like I'm not, I'm not going to meet with the sales guy. <laughs> right. Right? Um, and then I had really good meetings with the found tech founders of tech, tech security startups about kind of what they did and why they did it we dug into some conceptual stuff and, and some of my frustration. And, and one of them was someone that I had met with before um, that showed me their product. And I gave them a ton of feedback in the initial demo and they took all of my feedback and you could see, I could see all of it on the screen. Wow. Right. And then we went and had a great time and I spent, we spent two hours doing, doing a happy hour and telling stories and, and really connecting. And I wouldn't trade that for anything. And it's- Did they it's provide you with the commission check or the patent signature? I was going to ask that. No, but <laughs> I, I'm going to have to be a little smarter in how I do that. I, I did meet with a, so a month ago, I, I met with a soft, uh, um, software-defined security vendor out of, um, well, software-defined security vendor. I don't want to say where they are, because again, I don't want to give too much away. Out of Palo Alto? And no, <laughs> they were not at Palo Alto, which is why we gave it away. And, and as I'm talking, the, their chief marketing officer and head of sales is going like this. Right. We're doing a we're doing a website reboot, and uh, I'm making notes of all of this. <laughs> right. And then their, their new website comes out. And I'm like, you know, that needs to be a consulting arrangement. I don't know why I keep doing this stuff for free. That's not smart on my part. Um, but but then you go to DefCon, and DefCon is is about is all researchers. Right? So the difference is Black Hat is what they're making commercial tools for and have commercial tools to sell to solve. Black Hat or DEF CON is the, the stuff that's two years away from having the tooling for. Right. Um, current threats, also, but no tooling to solve it. Correct. It's all the zero days. As a matter of fact, they have the zero day workshops, how to discover, they teach you how to discover zero day flaws. Mm. Um, like it's really, it's, it's, it's absolutely amazing. Um, and it was about the quarter, quarter of the size that I expected. And the vendor hall was just empty. There were four vendors in total. There's never, like, they don't have the same vendors. They're not allowed to. Um, there's no, like, like, like they have like a t-shirt vendor that comes. Um, the company Keyport, I don't know if you're familiar with Keyport. Yeah. They make the little keychain organizers. So they were, they were there. In fact, I'll, I'll pull my little Keyport off yeah, my pocket. Okay. I, bought, I bought a new Keyport this year. Nice. It's got my little DEFCON logo on it. And nice. it's all, it's just, I don't carry keys. So it's all just tools. It's a new multi-tool, you know? Um, so they have stuff like that, right? They have like um, hardware, um, hardware hacking stuff. So um, like I picked up a wideband spectrum analyzer, uh, RF 
spectrum analyzer and and a couple other things. I made a little um, I made a little wireless uh, spectrum analyzer in the hotel last night, night before. Are you, last are you going to permit that within your organization for people to bring in? Um, I mean, not to to some extent. I to some extent, I I wholeheartedly uh, encourage it. Right. I don't want them bringing anything that Hack Five makes in. Like you're not allowed to pen test right. Reams network without prior communication and authorization. Right. Right. Um, but I encourage people to you know think out of the, outside the box and show off their stuff. And right. and at prior organizations, I absolutely did. If you if you built something and you and you um, and you wanted to test it, we figured out a way to test it. Right. Right. Um, but but DefCon was odd, right? A lot of the people that I expected to be there weren't there. We all didn't communicate using the same methods that we did before. And for the very first time, every talk was, or nearly every talk was virtual, hmm. right? All the main talks were all 100% virtual, same at Black Hat. So for the very first time, you could live stream it on, you could watch it live on YouTube from wherever you were at. Um, and while it was also going on in person. But yeah, but but it, there was no stage that you could watch it at at DEF CON. Oh, so there was no actual in-person right. other than me. And most of, most of Black Hat was the same. Um, like the keynotes at Black Hat were delivered by virtual presenters. Interesting. They were not, you know, like there was an MC for the, for the first day and then he turned it over to a virtual presenter. And the second day was totally a virtual presenter. Actually, that I was to avoid a congregated audience. Um, I, I think it was a combination, but it also enabled people who otherwise wouldn't be able to speak because they can't get away. Right. And all of a sudden you, you open up the number of speakers you have exponentially. Right. Right. For someone like DEF CON, that's super important because you also open up speakers who have horrible stage fright. Well, there's right. no stage. Right. I'm, I, I'm I like the hybrid implementation. So I'm, I'm speaking at two conferences in the next quarter and attending two conferences in the next quarter, all of which are hybrid. So there is an right. in-person experience. Uh, and then every single session is also virtually available. Um, and me being a speaker, I actually prefer the physical presence, right? I wanna be up on stage, I wanna see the audience, I wanna reflect back to them um, and then make it available. I don't think I would enjoy it as much as a speaker if I was virtually presenting to a physical audience. Like if it was a virtual audience, fine, because we're all in the same boat but I'm not sure it would reflect as much. It'd be entertaining right. as much to a physical audience to watch a virtual presentation. Yeah, yeah, I, I, would, I would totally and completely agree with that. I like, the, I like that transition. I like that, that virtual is, like there, there's just so much content I can't see. Right. And this way, and there's content that I've sat through that I regretted sitting through because I chose it over something else and something else and it wasn't any good. <laughs> and therefore, it feels like that lost opportunity. And since most conferences don't re release the recordings, at least they put them behind a paywall. This way, it's like, no, I, like I've already paid for the experience. Don't, don't right. make me pay twice. And now I can just go back and watch it again, and 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 you know, at, at least see it. Um, so I really, uh, on one hand, it was, it was very much not what I expected, right? Hmm. And I don't know, I don't know if. If I would have booked it, you know what I mean? If you knew what it was going to be like, you might have known what it was going to be like. Yeah. I don't know that I would have booked it. At the same time, I'm super happy I did book it because it ended up being very, very valuable. Right. And then Carlos, to, uh, Howard went on a 
30 minute rant there, but <laughs> to answer your actual last question, <laughs> I agree with Howard that, uh, that uh, lounges have been a pretty significant difference locally, like uh, in part of travel, where I'm used to being that a, being a pretty big part of my day, right? Whether it be airport lounge or hotel lounge both of which are closed. In fact, I've had to make decisions on airports based on what lounges I knew were to be open. Right? So I could choose airport A versus airport B, city A versus city B, and I've chosen the city that had the lounge that I knew I would be able to attend. Right? Even if, because there's not as many direct flights as I'm used to, to choose a location of an indirect flight that I knew had a couple hours worth of lounge I could attend. And I'm starting to choose myriad hotels that actually have lounges open, right? So in any one city, you might have half hour and half aren't, and you now we have to really determine which one you want to attend. Um, and logistically is the most difficult part. So I'm used to, if I had to, same day, two day overnight trips to a single city and come back home, or do turnarounds, or do multiple cities in the same trip. But since it requires so much testing, um, that require 24 to 72 hour turnarounds. Now I'm kind of waiting in individual cities for extra days to wait for those results so I can get back on a plane to go somewhere else. So what I might've been able to do three days in a, three cities in a week, I might only be able to do one city, right? Because I now have to wait, right? And where um, it's affecting the style to which I work because I could work anywhere and get the same amount of email, right? Have the same amount of calls. I'm used to be in front of more people more often, but now I have to be in front of less people less often, or instead of having one hour meetings, purposely go to have four hour meetings, right? To get deep dive on a particular topic instead of, you know, four different meetings, one hour each. It's really changed the style, I think, so far. Well, then thinking about that, and I don't know if we're going to have enough time or we can talk about it in another episode, but thinking about then the changes that we have done, do we think that we want to continue and go back to meet people or should we look for a better way to have an a better online meeting experience? I don't know if that's too much for. All right, Paul, you go first because you know I'm going to have something to say. <laughs> that's true. Uh, I like in person. I don't think any virtual implementation is going to take that away. Um, I think there's lots of places where virtual is valuable. I think planning, valuable. I think follow-up, valuable. I think task-based conversations, valuable. What's, where it's not valuable is building relationships. Where it's not value is um, seeing the whites of your eyes, right? Creating trust, creating a bond, creating something from scratch, uh, having multiple people involved in you know, blank whiteboard, that's where you still need in person. And I highly doubt any technology is going to make that uh, any better, easier, or different. I would add to that. Yeah, I'm going to add a bunch, but I would add to that delivering results. It's something that I thought of as you're kind of going through your list, um, yeah. which is where a lot of a lot of my comments come from. Um, I had a vendor deliver results of a project via Zoom. And they're going to this was the second to final, right? This was, hey, we want you to see it for the first time. Right. I think it's presented to a larger audience and therefore we want your opinion to make any last minute edits. It's not being delivered by people. 
mm. being delivered by voices over the phone. Right. So I'm super objective and super, I would almost say brutal in my responses, right? Where I may consider it's, it's human nature, right? Um, there was a, there's studies that have been done about it. We don't see, if we don't see you in person, we don't see you in as a person, right? The, the, I mean, think about it, 400,000 years of evolution, we never didn't see you in person if we had a conversation. And therefore, if we didn't see you in person, it wasn't a conversation, it wasn't a real person. Right. How many people can't separate the actor and the role? How many people, you know what I mean? Like all of that stuff comes from this psychological place where I saw them on screen, therefore that's how they are because we don't see stories that way, right? right. Most of the time stories have been spoken and spoken and narrated, right? Um, so, so I think that's a big one, right? And my advice would be, if you're going to deliver something that costs a couple hundred thousand dollars, do it in person, <laughs> right? Get in a room, right? Especially if you don't think the customer, if it's consulting, and you don't think the customer might like all of the answers, do it in the room. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And, and I would say we need better tools, right? These tools are far better than what we started COVID with. Don't get me wrong, right? Mm -hmm. Zoom is fantastic. Teams, teams, holy crap, I can't believe how much better it is than when COVID started, <laughs> right? Like Zoom Google was kind days. of like default anyways, right? Right. Um, but we need By the way, tools. side note, just before you continue, my huge pet peeve with Teams is that the enterprise has not turned on the function for external people to change their background. It's really oh. done. Every time I'm on Teams, I have green screen background because they haven't turned on the configuration to allow me to add it. That's funny. That's funny. So, you know, Carlos could probably tell you a third-party tool that, that would emulate your camera and allow you to do all of that and then feed in the fake webcam that showed your green screen version of your background. Mm. All right. I will but, choose to overcome somebody else's deficiency. But like we got Microsoft Surface Hub. This is my my biggest complaint with Teams. We have the Microsoft Surface Hub, you know, the big like 50 inch screen that yeah. you roll into a conference room. And I really like the theory of it, but it's a pain to log into. Mm -hmm. Also, I can't mute, I can't say no audio. Really? Take a look at Teams, find find the no, like in Zoom, the no audio button is simple. You just say no audio. Right. In Teams, the only time I can say no audio is if I transfer the meeting to a new device. Oh. So if I'm using the Microsoft Service Hub and it's the display in the room and everybody's seated around a table and you want to go on mute, off mute, you have to get up. You have to tap the screen to get it to wake up and give you the button. And then you have to press the mute button. Then you have to go sit down. Wow. And you have to yeah. do that every time you want to mute and unmute. Like if they would have, they have a pencil that they give you, right? It's a like a dry, fake dry erase marker. It's about that shape and size. It has a button on the side. If they give you the ability to map that button to mute and unmute, my complaint goes away. Uh, brilliant. But it also means no one else in the room can connect to Teams unless they've muted their speaker and their microphone. And good luck getting a bunch of, of uh, business people to know how to do that before right. they join Teams. So right. then you get 35 seconds to a minute and a half of and it's completely unmanageable for some number of minutes until you figure out who's doing it and force the mute and do the whole thing. Right. Right. Um, it's just, and it's weird. And then collaboration tools, they kind of suck. 
the virtual whiteboarding stuff, it all kind of sucks. It's really bad at replicating what we naturally do in person. Right? Yep. Because there's a lot of hand-based rewriting on a whiteboard, right? Great. So you, you'll go and draw, then somebody will go up and say, well, let me just erase this one line here and draw it from there. It's very difficult to do that kind of micro changes, right? Especially with, with like a mouse and we're not, we don't have, we don't all have tablets and, and right. there's like, I, I would love a, a, a good way to take my iPad Pro with its pencil or my Galaxy S7 Plus with its pencil or S7 or S7 Plus with its pencil and connect them just as a virtual whiteboard to Zoom or to Teams right. and be able to do that, right? Because like those are pervasive enough that I could, you could assume in, a, in, an, in an executive style meeting at a high level meeting, like three or four people would have it. And if I was able to do that in Teams, I would simply buy the device for all of my people. If I could do that, like if I had a simple device that I could do that with, I would just buy that device, right? Like the Surface Go. If that oh. worked for that and was simple and easy to use, I would just buy that for my engineers. So download the Microsoft Whiteboard app. That sounds like work, Carlos. That sounds like work. I'm going to figure that out. You can download the app and it will allow you to collaborate like that. So you can be somewhere else and you can collaborate and the person can be remote and can what? So you can have multiple people whiteboarding at the same time. And does it integrate with Teams? Uh, I think so. And you can log in with your corporate ID if, because it is tied to Office 365. If you don't have Office 365, definitely do that. Yep. So we have talked about travel. We have talked about uh, business and the changes. So anything else before we finish today? There's a lot of good. If you don't have TSA PreCheck, get TSA PreCheck. Because right now is a terrible time to travel if you don't. Like if you don't understand how to travel, don't travel right now. It, well, it is overly complicated, right? It takes longer to check in. There's fewer people oh, yeah. everywhere. Like flights get canceled. And if, if you don't have a method to deal with that, if you're not a frequent enough traveler that that sort of stuff stresses you out, do not travel right now. Yep. Uh, three, two, sorry, one third of the flights last night to one half of the flights through Denver, which is weird. I flew from Vegas to come to Atlanta and United doesn't have a direct flight, so I had to go through Denver, um, <laughs> right? That seems um, odd, but okay. But one well, third- You are correct in continuing to stay on United, however. I am, I am. One third to one half of the flights through Denver last night were delayed because there was smoke, so they had reduced visibility, so they had to stretch it out. Right. My flight was delayed two hours. I think it was technically, I think it was five minutes shy of two hours for mm. reasons we could get into on another, at another time. But, but that delay meant I could have actually gone home and seen my family. Right. Right. Like I could have done something with that time, but one, their supply chain sucks. Come on. You knew this was going to happen. You know, the visibility is bad. So plan ahead. Do, right. you, do, you, do you not have a data analytics team that's worth a shit? <laughs> right. Start doing some predictive analytics of this stuff and start warning your customers early. Um, and two, um, as a customer, know it's the season for that sort of thing. And because of the reduced number of people, they're going to have to take more extreme measures than they otherwise would have, right? American doesn't have the number of flights. They're being canceled. Spirit just had a walk off. 
right? So flights got canceled. So plan on interruptions. If you fly a bargain basement um, airline, Frontier is a really good example. I'm not saying don't fly them, but pay for the carry-on, it's $25. Moves mm-hmm. you to boarding group one, you're not gonna get booted from boarding group one if they have to change the plane, but they'll. But if they change the plane and you're in boarding group four, you may no longer have a seat. Right. So plan accordingly, leave early. That's That'd be my advice. What about you, Paul? Uh, absolutely. Uh, my encounters last week has shown that families aren't ready to travel yet. It's too complex for more than one person. Uh, and the amount of documentation you have to have readily available for customs is shocking. Pre-printed, readily available, to which they will review several times. Um, you, the logistics are a hundredfold what they were before. My friends, being an interesting conversation, learning how to travel and to connect, it's going to change. But make sure that as leaders, you train your people. If you're traveling, teach your folks, teach your team, hey, this happened. Now when you have to go, do it this way so you don't waste your time. But remember, make sure that you share, you subscribe, and we'll see you on our next episode.